And that, that was a question I was asking Nate on the way over here. Like, what, what defines a cult? What, what is the definition of a cult? Oh, there's a lot of different definitions. We, yeah. we kind of go by, uh, so there's a guy named Steve Hassan who did the, he wrote the bite model. He's a psychologist and he was a member of the Moonies. Yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with For him, sure. but he kind of detailed, okay, it's just how much control they exert over your life. Yeah, what level of authoritarian control? And so and, if they're... Con- the different categories of authoritarian control. Yeah, so if they're controlling your behavior, controlling your information, controlling... What are the other... What is the T? Uh, thought. Thought. Uh-huh. And then... And is emotional. Emotional. But it could be... I mean, every organization has a certain amount of of control. I mean, mm-hmm. the Boy Scouts have... You know, there's some things where you have to memorize something. You have to... There, you have a uniform. There's like, mm-hmm. so they have a certain amount of control. But then, a organization like the Moonies or mm-hmm. like Scientology will would have more, mm-hmm. and so you kind of gauge it by how much they yeah. control control you. Each That's one just of those, one of those. Each one of those categories has like twenty questions, so you can almost give every organization a score. I also like to just basically put in a cult is an organization that you think is weird. <laughs> that, that isn't quite mainstream. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for, that's my definition, real definition of a cult. It's yeah, almost every religion was a cult at one time. Yeah, yeah. or had that had the markings of it. So or is currently or, or is whatever. exactly. Yeah. And so I, when someone says something's culty, I for me because that's kind of my definition is basically something that isn't really mainstream. Uh, it's not offensive anymore to me. Uh, yeah. You know, it's just like okay, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Okay, I'm done talking, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to your first episode and then your last episode. And you guys have changed quite a bit in that time. Yeah, it's funny. I, I the first one was kind of rough. Yeah, I haven't even listened to it since then. So, Your podcast is going on like whatever the church is teaching, the LDS church is teaching that week. Yeah. And you kind of give a more in-depth... Just different Let me explain a little bit about... Okay. My, my background, I studied ancient Near Eastern studies. Uh, I have an emphasis in Hebrew. Okay. So I studied a lot of the cultures back then. The cool. Egyptians, the Hittites, the Babylonians, Assyrians, and mm-hmm. the Israelites, and the Bible. Mm-hmm. So just taking some of that historical context and, and some of the linguistic background, try oh, to take it. And that's where I think we hit our stride when we hit the Old Testament. That was more kind of our groove, looking at the Old Testament and providing mm-hmm. a little bit of context to the discussion when we were talking about the different passages of Scripture throughout the year. I, uh, we have hit some of the older cults, ancient cults, but we haven't hit anything in that biblical, you know. And there are a couple ones that, you know, when, when Gunnar mentioned that, I was like, oh my heck, there's some, there's some cool religions at that time. Do you know anything about the Ninevite, that fish god of theirs? Dagon. Aha! Uh-huh. You even know the name. Awesome! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nate and I were talking on the way over here. Oh, sorry, you, you finished your thought on Dagon. No, no, it's just I, I remember watching uh, VeggieTales. Uh, <laughs> Surprisingly, a lot of information in those. Yeah, <laughs> because, because I, and, and they talked about, you know, the when they did the Job thing and the fish slapping, not Job, but... Uh, Jonah. Jonah thing, yeah. And the fish slapping, you know, the Ninevite. And I was like, that's weird. And then I found out there was actually a fish god there. And I was like, I wonder what this, what's going on with this fish god. So I hope you guys know something about it. So He shows up in a couple places because the, the 
Philistines, when they conquer Israel and take the Ark of the Covenant out, uh-huh. and their god breaks and worships the Ark instead of the it's, Ark worshiping, it's uh-huh, Dagon. Yeah. It's That's the fish Dagon, god. Mm-hmm. so it's the fish god. So he gets around, guys. He's got a fish gate in the city. They, they have their own little fish gate. Uh, All right. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I'm, I think it would be a good idea to have you guys introduce yourselves and talk about your podcast. No, yeah, let's no. just get Should right we? on in no. it, guys. Okay. Yeah. Let's just, yeah. 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 We'll keep it a mystery, guys. Yeah. What's the name of your podcast? Who are you guys? Our podcast, the name of it is The Weekly Deep Dive. And again, it's like it's pretty specific emphasis on adding unique insight and kind of some different perspective basically we use the guideline of whatever like again the LDS church is talking about that week for their Sunday school program we use that pretty much as a starting point but especially in the Old Testament we have been we we basically are going cool here's like the little sliver that's in the prepared lesson for kind of the masses and again like we we're kind of we understand that like our little niche world and that is going to be people that specifically love language, some translation, and then we try to kind of hopefully get a little bit deeper on like, oh, you know, once you understand the language behind this and the culture behind this and, and the historical context, you really can start looking at some of these bizarre stories. I say bizarre because it's always been bizarre to me. You can start seeing a lot of these bizarre stories in the Old Testament with a lot of new, unique perspective, and you go, oh, cool, you know, we, we really actually reference a lot of rabbis. There's a few specifically that we, you know, that we both love listening to and talking about just to kind of get, you know, the ancient, you know, historical context. But um, I know nothing about any of that stuff. I just produce the show, try to throw out good <laughs> questions to Jason. Tries to derail me every try time. To, I try to derail him, and I play a lot of Amy Grant. Like, for some reason, like, for some reason... Amy Grant finds her way of... That's it. That's the one! El El Shaddai, El Shaddai, El Kamkana Adonai. Every time we bring that up, I sing it just like you did, Thor, and then we play Amy to show how off-key how off key we are when we're trying to, uh, to sing the great Amy Grant. But it's El Shaddai, because specifically... I learned from this, from Jason, is that, so Amy Grant sings El Shaddai like it's this beautiful, you know, you know, by the power of your name, El Shaddai. And it's just like, oh, this is a beautiful song about how Jesus is so great or whatever. Before I know that, Jason's like, oh, yeah, that's uh, the name of El Shaddai actually translates to the destroyer, like the the ender of all things, violently. With the prejudice. With prejudice. And I'm going, I'm trying to make sense of all of this. I'm like, Amy, did you lead me astray or did one of your writers just say, this name looks nice. Let's write this beautiful song about the ender of all things with destruction and prejudice. I, I would sing a nice song to the destroyer of all things if that would appease <laughs> Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Dude, maybe Amy was, yeah, she was pleading maybe she for was all of us, something. dude. She was onto something. So anyways, I'm the show's producer, but I, I I love the Old Testament because I'm learning from it, but I, I know just as much as your average person. And so Jason, on the other hand, you're really the kind of the information driving force behind it. Yeah, and we, we were talking on the way over here, like, what kind of cult things can we talk about from, from Bible, right? And mm-hmm. we've got Moloch and passing children over the fire. We've got the, the worship of Baal and Marduk and all these gods and what they do. And, like, temples would have 
tie-up posts on the roof of the temple for gods to tie their boat to because they believed the heavens were water and they'd have to sail through the seas oh. and get there and tie up there. I mean, there's all sorts of cool things we could talk about, huh. but uh, but then we figured we'd just talk about polygamy because that's the, that's the <laughs> clip thing we do, right? <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Mom, I Joined a Cult, the only podcast about cults by an actual cult. Listen as we examine other cults, discuss what they did right and what they did wrong, and then build our own cult from the ground up. And now your hosts, Gunner, Dawn, Thor, and Nathan. I do have to ask you, Jason, so this is an awesome degree you have and awesome studies. What kind of real life application can you use this in? <laughs> There's no real life application. <laughs> Let's be honest. Okay. No, it makes them Just great wonder. for Sunday school. Okay. Oh, right. <laughs> I, I live for on. church on Sunday. I know yeah. that, you know, the, the other six days of the week, I'm just laying low and trying to figure out what what to what do, do until the next life. Sunday. Yeah, exactly. I've I've bounced around. I taught school for seven years. Did a lot of. Oddly enough, math and science, which really doesn't equate with history and languages, but uh, did a lot of data, IT, when I got a master's degree in cybersecurity, and then I'm oh. doing some project management for an anti-human trafficking organization. Oh cool. oh, cool. And is actually traveling kind of back and forth to Europe and Middle East. How bad is the problem, the, the trafficking problem it's, here in, in the United States? It's pretty bad. It's is worse it? than I thought. Like, um, she she took me for a drive, and I didn't realize I lived next to Gotham City. Like, that's what it feels like after you're there for a night. Because we were there on a Tuesday night. It was about 11 p.m., and you're at a business park. And in the business park, you have, like, insurance companies and immigration services and, and massage parlor. But in the park, like, here you are Tuesday, 11 p.m., and all the businesses are open. Like, nobody's buying and selling insurance at 11 p.m. on a Tuesday night, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's just sex trafficking, drug trafficking, and you see guys on bicycles riding around, watch outs, lookouts, you know. And Yeah, you should come do a ride-along. It's just eye-opening. You're like, oh, my, I, I didn't realize that huh. this Sorry. much happened. A trigger warning, warning for all of you Utahns. <laughs> Who thought that this place was Zion? Zion, heaven on earth. Like me? Um, I still think that. <laughs> stay in your world. It still is that. Nothing bad ever, ever happened. Not in Utah. Not in Zion. In Utah. Okay. This is great. Thanks. Thanks for trigger warning me for that. You're welcome. I was a little late. <laughs> that's how we are. It's like telling kids Santa Claus isn't real. You got to look around the room, dude. You got to make sure that oh there's no audience. four-year-olds. That's okay. We would give them a trigger warning after we told them. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> By the way, if you're under four years old, please disregard the last sentence. <laughs> oh my God. Tr- trigger warning. Yeah. Trigger warning. We don't have too many four-year-olds listening to our podcast. Um, hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> what What are we talking about today? Well, Jason actually, he hit me up. Uh, he hit me up when I told him. I said, "Hey, we're gonna go do this podcast. Some buddies of mine, dude. We got to We got to come with something that's gonna at least keep the keep the room entertained." And so, Jason, what did you do? Oh man! So we decided to go with Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <gasps> yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Okay. And, and look at maybe some snippets from there that have derived from from biblical practices. Maybe how cults okay. evolve. 
Tell where, us. where do we want to start with old Monty Python? So, um, right? Coconuts. What's the biblical part about the coconuts? I, I haven't figured out a good biblical connection to coconuts or how they migrated with birds. <laughs> to be honest, truth. No, are we talking about just the, just whole, the Holy Grail? Just the Holy Grail. Okay. Yeah, I, I not Life of Brian. No, I tried to that. narrow the scope. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I, I haven't noticed any of those. Please talk about it. Now, medieval. Uh, you know, they they did they do talk about like well, in search of the Holy Grail, which was a big thing, right? Theme of the quest, right? We have ridden the length and breadth of the land in search of knights who will join me in my court at Camelot. The fame of the quest. You have the monasteries, crazy nuns. <laughs> uh, Maybe may, may we jump into the witch trial. The witch okay. trial, awesome. Witch. Yes. yes. Not a witch. Uh, but you are dressed as one. They dressed me up like this. <laughs> and this isn't my nose, it's a false one. Now, we actually did do a witch episode, the, the Salem trials. I, I heard that you did that, so I listened uh, to your recap. Our recap uh, episodes aren't. We need to work on those, make them more interesting. <laughs> I, I, I kind of enjoyed a good little recap of where you've been, but. Um, I, I'm glad you mentioned the the witchcraft because I, I worked with a guy whose ancestry went all the way back to a guy that successfully tried witches. Okay. And so he has Witch written. Finder. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He he has journals, and the deal about it was, at least in the U.S., if you successfully prosecuted a witch and and they were executed, you got to inherit their property. Mm. Yeah. And so based off of what property they wanted next... There's no conflict of interest no, here, right? I hate, yeah. I hate this. I can't stand the Salem Witch Trials. For whatever reason, it's a trigger to me. It was a bad... Trigger warning. Trigger warning. <laughs> That's what we're prepared you're like to talk Gunner, about. you Gunner. hate witch trials. Okay. So going to this witch trial here in Monty Python, I mean, it, it leads off with the monks walking around doing their Gregorian chant. Mm-hmm. And then they're smacking themselves in the forehead with, uh, with, with I don't know if it's the word of God or, or what. Did do they really do that kind of stuff? I mean, not hit themselves in the head, but they punish themselves. Yeah, and yeah oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and all that's kind of a, a medieval after the fact, right? You don't have a lot of that going on, at least as far as I can tell, in the ancient world, in the in the, in the Bible or whatnot. But I, I almost see a little bit of connection there when God says, the word of God, you're supposed to keep it in, in between your eyes and in front of your face at all times. And so they, they take that and interpret it and, and create like little passages of scripture that they put in the box and they, they hang over their foreheads or whatnot, right? And so Monty mm-hmm. Python's kind of taking this and twisting it a little bit more where they're, where they're smacking Slap themselves in the face with it, right? right. But they, they get up to this witch trial and, and then you've got Merlin, is it not, is it not Merlin the... the yeah, and he's yeah. the wise guy that's gonna like. I know how you can tell if she's a witch oh, or no, not, right? Was, uh, no, it was the knight. It was the guy, the knight that always Lan- popped Lancelot. his. Lancelot. No, no, it's not Lancelot. No, no he's the it? one that kicked the bridesmaid in the head. Oh, right that's there. True. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the knight that uh, he always popped his faceplate. I up. thought yeah. that was Merlin. It's not Merlin. That's not Merlin. No. We'll fact check that story. Let's yeah. 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 keep the story moving. This is my job on the podcast, by the way. Maybe someone to do like Nice having a real producer in here, isn't it? You have Gunner right And and it leads to one of my favorite lines, right? When the guy's like, "She turned me into a newt." What makes you think she's a witch? Well, she turned me into a newt. A newt. I got better. Burn already! And then they're all staring at him, right? Like, I got better. But they're like, well, what do we do? And I got better. Yeah, and it gets to the point like, 
if she's if she's lighter than water, like what else floats on water, right? Small stones. Very small <laughs> very pebbles. Very small pebbles. <laughs> yes. Wood. Wood. And and so they're like, well, she weighs lighter than a duck. Then, but they actually that is ridiculous as it is is actually based on medieval uh, trials, right? Yeah. Uh, if they would accuse a woman of doing something improper or being a witch. Um, they had first, they, well, as we're walking back in time, they had the ducking chair, which was coming from the cucking chair, oh. right? And they, and and it got to the point where, like, if if she's even just gossiping and talking too much, then they would put her on the chair and dunk her into the water a few times. It's just public <laughs> humiliation. I don't know. It's just kind of a weird, nasty deal, right? Yeah. But it derived from if she was a witch or if she was impure, then then they would tie her her fingers to her toes and throw her in the river. And if she floated, then it was Satan, and obviously Satan was, like, bringing her to the top, so she was guilty of being a witch, so then we execute her. I think they actually blessed the stream first, and so it was uh, if uh, it couldn't stand the holy water. Oh. So, yeah. And then if she sinks, then she's vindicated. Yeah. But also dead. dead. Yeah. Yeah. So... And, and so you, you get this kind of medieval practice that it, it even drives back into Mesopotamia. So Mesopotamia, the land between rivers, you got the Tigris and the Euphrates. And the Euphrates flows a little slower, Tigris flows a little faster. And so if you're a witch, you'd hopefully be tested on the Euphrates side of things <laughs> rather than the, the Tigris. And a lot of times that in that time period, they didn't even know how to swim. But we get back to biblical practices, and they did have a water trial to test if a woman was a virgin or not. Oh, really? Oh. And and so they would take it, and it's the bitter water test. And the Hebrew word for bitter is maru, which is where you get Mary from. So it's interesting that Mary, the mother of Jesus, is named after this bitter water trial to test virginity. It's, it's yeah. kind of an, an interesting, interesting little deal. How do you test someone's virginity from bitter water? So you don't the, know? <laughs> do you? <laughs> I've been doing this podcast and I don't even know. I'm like, okay, Jason, let's do this. So, so they would mix up this stuff in the water, and and it's if you can accuse her but you don't know for sure, mm-hmm. then then you mix it up in the water and you make her drink it, and and if she's been impure, then it'll it'll cause her thigh to rot and her stomach to, to I don't know, it just curses her and 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 she's end up not doing so well and, they, and then they know but if she's fine nothing happens and she, she was so was this like during the time of the judges uh or yeah what, this is the this? law of moses okay so before judges right right leading up into that time and, okay i i remember reading the old testament uh, as a family with my dad and I remember him, he'd be reading, and he's like, I think I'll just skip that part. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I'll Wait, skip really? that part, too. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember him not skipping the parts, and it's just like, oh, and he slept with his daughters. And he's like, <laughs> you're like, oh. I mean, who really does read Deuteronomy? Jason. <laughs> <laughs> numbers. I mean, there's a few books in there. That... It is numbers, actually. Numbers 5, 11 through 31. There you go. There, there it is. There, there it is. is. If I would have just went through numbers, I would have... You know, Genesis is a really fun read. Oh, Genesis is great. And then you get to Exodus, and, and Exodus, the whole start of it is really fun. Uh-huh. But then when they get to, like, building the tabernacle, it, it's like you, you just, just hit sand all of a sudden. Cubics yeah, and the length thereof, and yeah, the breadth thereof. Right. <laughs> which takes us to another reference, oddly enough, in Monty Python. Okay. Brother, Brother Maynard, right? Bring out the holy hand grenade. We have the holy hand grenade. Yes, of course. The holy hand grenade of Antioch. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so they go and get the hand grenade. They're like, how do we use it? Open the book of armament, armaments and whatever chapter and verse. And he starts reading. 
and, and then he's like, thou shalt smite thine enemies, and the Lord smiled, and you're like, oh, okay, that sounds Old Testament-ish. <laughs> and then, and there's like, he gives this whole list of like, and the rabbits, and the bats, and the, and he just starts reading all the animals that you kill. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and he's like, okay, skip, skip ahead a little bit, brother, you know, and, and that's so pertinent, because in the Bible, so... Julius Wellhausen had a theory that the Bible is composed of four different authors. You have your Jehovahist, your Elohimist, your priest, and your Deuteronomist. And he's kind of been debunked since then, but in the priest cat, um, the priest category is anything with lists. And they just believe that the priests were very orderly, and they like to put lots of lists. And so you get a list of the length thereof, the breadth thereof. Uh -huh. You get your genealogies, Nate's favorite part but of the who begats, dude. Yeah, I'm all about yeah. the begatting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's some saucy stuff. That is. That's really saucy. <laughs> now you know why I like the begetting. The, the clean and the unclean. And so you, you kind of get that cross-reference in there with, with the holy hand grenade. And, and, and as to our podcast, usually we do skip that stuff. I'm just going to throw that out there for oh, yeah. anybody that yeah. would want to listen. You won't need to worry about us reading lists. We we get way too Listen, bored, and we anybody get anybody that's mm -hmm. listening to our path podcast is going to want to hear those juicy bits. I mean, just well, okay, okay. Well, then hold on. Then you will get one episode that I did. Genesis five. Genesis five. I actually read the entire begatting chapter, um, all tuned down as if it was the voice of God. Full of theme music. I wasn't it um, Asia. Yeah, it was. I mean, we actually. That's the most explosive episode we've ever done. It's the deep dive after dark. It is basically the deep dive after dark. It's pretty intense, it but it us. is just me reading the entire begat chapters before Jason came into the studio, and then I was like, check this out, and hit record while I played it for him, and he's just like, what are we doing? How many Sorry. times did you have to play the final countdown? A lot. The final. It was not the final the first time it was the pre-final final but then on the final final countdown um it was who was the last one i mean we uh, hyped up the it names. was noah's children oh yeah noah's was, children uh, no. japheth 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 got like the the massive like <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> so anyways if you want to if you do like lists we even have an episode for you for that as well and, and i never realized how good a name mahalalil sounds like for a boxer yes. until nate's reading it until out. i'm reading it as <laughs> if i'm like the hype man that's it is good dude that's a really good kid's name. I need to talk to Heather about this. <laughs> we have a baby coming in uh, in November, but it's a girl. But Mala Leo might work. Okay, I don't know. Right, sure. It won't work. No. She's no. going to say no. You, you <laughs> never know when she's down, maybe between contractions. She might agree to something. Let's have her sign it real quick. What about yeah. Mala Leo? She's just like, get on here. Okay, so uh -huh. sign this and I'll leave. You, you know, just, just like say, how about Mala? Oh, I like that. And then after, you know, his birth certificate signed and everything, it's short for Mahalil. Mahalil. I won't even do that. I'll wait till we're blessing that baby. Oh, yeah. The name of <laughs> Mahalil to her surprise and then bless it with the gift of flight. <laughs> so, so, I'm glad you said that, Nick. Cause, cause, or X-ray vision. 14, 14 and a half years ago, we had our, our, our first son. And I was I was bent on naming him Thor to the point where I had all of my family on board with me. Okay. Uh -huh. And and my wife was absolutely adamant against it, and she had all of her family against me. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, and I told her, I, you know, and I, we give a name and a blessing. I'm like, I'm blessing this kid with godlike strength and yep. devilishly good looks. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't make it. I, I chickened out. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> and she was all about low key. Right? Yeah, yeah, right. Well, I lost the naming battle, uh, but, uh, but in the end, I got the last joke because he was born on Halloween, and she wouldn't she wouldn't let Thor fly at all. Oh, so I it. said, how about Jason Michael? And she's like, oh, sounds good. And little did she know, Jason <laughs> Michael. Michael. <laughs> that's yeah, that's good. That's yeah. good. Actually, yeah, that's, that's smart. That's great. Guys, we got off track. Yeah, I'm sorry. Let's <laughs> get back on. Come that's on. That's what we do. So, uh, Monty Python, right? So we got the holy hand grenade. Mm-hmm. We got the lisp. Yep. We got the witch trial, the water test. What about a uh, thou shalt not pass? What is your quest? To seek the holy grail. What is your favorite color? Blue. I, I think uh, ultimately it comes to the quest, right? The mm-hmm. hero's quest. And, and you have that at the end, this idea that you have a, a guard or somebody at the bridge or something that you have to present the right answers to in order like to pass. Cherubim and a flaming sword. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Cherubim and the flaming cherubim. sword. Is it cherubim or cherubim? Cherubim. 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 Which, is, which is plural, cherubim. The I-M is the, the Hebrew plural ending, so it means you have multiple cherubs. So it's always funny when you read the Bible and you have cherubims with an S, so then it's like cherubs. So does that mean a, a bunch of little baby figures with flaming swords? Oh, shirts? I hope so. <laughs> well, that's also an interesting point because when they resurrected Hebrew, it was a dead language for a long time. They didn't have a word for cabbage, oddly enough. Cabbage didn't show up in the Old Testament. Nobody likes cabbage. Yeah, and, and they didn't really use cherubs in modern language, like these divine whatever beings that we don't understand. So let's just use cherub for cabbage. So if you look at the modern Hebrew, it's like cabbage patch kids guarding oh. the way of life. <laughs> yeah, flaming sword that, that keeps the way. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's good. But, but that imagery, right, like it, it is the hero's quest. And, and I think you see that a lot in, in the Bible when you look at just about everybody, right? Adam falling from grace and, and then his quest to try to, to restore himself. You got Noah. Abraham, Isaac, Job, you've got all these characters that are going through these challenges and in the end have to kind of what they know or vindicate themselves to to regratiate themselves with God. And you look at the fall and, and I love that you said the cherubim and the flaming sword because the, you do have the tree of life as the ultimate reward and participating in that tree but you've got these flaming sword and cherubim that are guarding the way keeping them from getting there you almost have a recreation of that with Christ and the atonement because he is taken up to a hill just as Eden was a hill. And and just as you have this tree of death, you have a cross that Christ is going to die on and where he's symbolic of a tree of life nailed to the tree of death to overcome that. And you have Roman soldiers that are standing to prevent people from stealing the body. So you've got like this cherubim that's protecting the way to this tree of life. It's recreating the, the fall and trying to cancel out those effects and this idea that by following Christ you're going to be tested, you're going to be tried, you're going to have to know things, you're going to have to pass through these sentinels to be able to redeem yourself in the end. So the whole hero's quest in, in Monty Python, as ridiculous as it is, it, it, it still stems from something that's very... That, that even plays in a lot of literature today. I mean, we see it Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. we see it in, you know, a lot of stories. So. The cherubim, would those be the knights knights who say nee? We are the knights who say nee. No, not nee. the knights who say nee. <laughs> Please, yes. Please say yes, Jason. Because <laughs> I want to say yes, but I don't know anything. No longer the knights who say <laughs> nee. Formally. Yeah, what did they change it to? Yeah, that's it. Down, down, down. 
knights who formerly, formerly say me. <laughs> and I guess you can have all sorts of different trials for different people, right? I mean, you've got you've got Galahad going with the girls and having to overcome that mm-hmm. temptation. You've got the Black Knight that gets all of his limbs chopped off. <laughs> you've got the knights who say me. You got the rabbit that's sitting all bloodied, and and in the end, the guy sitting at the bridge asking the questions who at the end doesn't have the right answer himself. Just gets shot off. Just launched <laughs> off that bridge. Where does the Holy Grail stem from? Like, where does that, that originate? Uh, from a book, Joseph of Arimathea, uh, written in the Middle Ages, in which the guy defined the cup that was used at the Last Supper that Christ used was also the cup that Joseph used to capture the blood of Christ. Went from the spear wound. Oh, okay. So, so this was apocryphal... But yeah, this I is, this is uh-huh. capturing the cup. It, that isn't in the New Testament, but it's apocryphal. That's it's, apocryphal. It's, yeah. Which in itself is a really interesting, the, the idea that if you were to find that chalice or that cup and you were to drink the blood of Christ, you would live forever. And this was a hard teaching for Christ when Christ said this to his people. And, and he, he didn't, he didn't like try to explain it or, or put it very nicely. He just said, if you want to live forever, you got to eat me. you got to mm-hmm. eat my body and you got to drink my blood. Yeah. And the New Testament says, and there was a lot of people that day that stopped following him. Mm-hmm. And you've had cults in recent times, like vampire cults, that mm-hmm. justify drinking blood based off mm-hmm. of that passage. The idea that you would have to drink the blood mm-hmm. and in the blood is life. And that if you can rejuvenate yourself somehow and live forever just by living off of, of the life, the blood. But, but it's interesting how they, they reach that direction. And yet how you see so many religions on the other side where you have a sacrament or um, a mass where you, you take the blood of Christ and you drink it. And by making those covenants and following that path, you you believe that you do obtain eternal life. So you do have kind of a holy grail that's made more accessible to everybody. Um, something that I think may be interesting, Jason, we've been talking about how even a lot of these names of like the, the Hebrews consider false gods were basically the same names as a lot of even like the gods that the Hebrews, and Jason would do a better job of explaining, but something that I found interesting is that even, even the names of like the false gods ended up as like, well, if you actually look at the way that that name breaks down, it's basically a lot of the same gods that Hebrews were worshiping the time too. Like Solomon named his son Ishbaal. And when you read it in the Bible, you'll never see Ishbaal. Instead, it says Ishboshet. Why is it Ishboshet? Boshet is the Hebrew for shame. Ish means man. Solomon didn't name his son man of shame, right? Mm-hmm. He named his son man of Baal. Um, but because Baal was so associated with their neighbors and the practice that was going on and that idolatry, they said that's pretty shameful that the king of Israel would name himself after a false god. So they changed it to shame in the biblical record. Uh, And it's weird how some of those names get censored and edited and some of them don't because we all know Mordecai and Mordecai is Marduk lives, and Marduk was the Babylonian god. So Mordecai, Marduk, Hi. which we all hear Mordecai, we're like, that's about as like Jewish of a name as you get, right? Like yeah, that is, yeah. and so it's actually said, as Babylonian as it gets. That's and that's Marduk what we're learning from some of these Hi. translations. And Esther's Ishtar, which yeah. is the the Babylonian goddess and the Ashtaroth, the consort of Jehovah, and some cult practices in the ancient times. Uh, turned into, in Greek, would be Aphrodite, and then in Rome it would be Venus. Mm-hmm. Wow. So it's interesting when, we, when we're kind of talking about some of these old things to, to, you have to consider that even the Bible that we read as the Old Testament still has been passed down through people putting their own spin on it. But it's funny, we, we so often just associate the Old Testament as like, 
this is exactly what it's always been and what it is. And, and as we've kind of been going through this, you're going, you have to consider who's passing down these stories, who's revising these stories, who's editing these stories. And so when you read certain stories like this, where it's like, why would the name change? It's like, well, consider what the name originally was. Yeah, like, yeah. why do you, was why do you a think it changed? Or a Democrat? <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna the tell you a lot. Dude. Yeah. They're, they're, oh, they're the ones. Yeah, they're. <laughs> now, I have heard that uh, the Old Testament wasn't actually written down until uh, the captivity of Babylon. Is that true? That's what a lot of people say, and, and it's a good question. They say it was historical tradition or oral tradition. Oral until that time. Uh-huh. So. And sometimes you can look at it and say, was this word actually a different word? A, not a pseudonym, but a homonym, mm-hmm. where yeah. words sound exactly the same and maybe it got written down with a ayin instead of an aleph, and you changed that one letter and it's a different meaning. So it, it opens up some room for interpretation on, yeah. on what some of those could be and a lot of what our podcast goes into specifically is those words, right? That you go, you know, some things that even just seem like the mi- most minute of details. When we were talking about Noah's Ark and it talks about a window being in the boat and you look into the word for that. And it's like, oh man, you, you switch this letter or you translate it this way. It's like, it could mean a stone that's shining. Uh, you, you, you look at it this way and it's, and it's so many of those things. And it's so interesting to kind of go through a lot of these texts. But part of it is you have to then remember... Oh yes, this has been passed down verbally for for however many years, and then even written down, and then re rewritten, and then retranslated, and then rewritten, and then retranslated. And and I wonder if we didn't have biblical records from before the Babylonian captivity, a lot of problems with the scholars dating the works, like Isaiah, for example. Mm-hmm. The idea is you can't have a a book or a work that was written before the event that it mentions. So you you have to deny all prophecy. So if Isaiah says that Cyrus is going to be freeing the Jews from Babylonian captivity, Mm -hmm. then it wasn't written by Isaiah. It was written by somebody during the time of Persia after that captivity. So that's where you get a lot of issues with with when was it written? When was it written? Yeah, was it's it's like saying you know if you see somebody in Braveheart wearing a watch, like that's not true to the time. Mm-hmm. If it, if it's referencing something outside of that time period, obviously it's not taking place in that time period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it it comes into question of do you believe prophecy and what evidence do you have that it that it was written before and what do you believe? But there's a lot of debate on how old is the Bible? Where did it come from? Well, let's get back to what's important. In Braveheart, exactly. <laughs> is there someone with a watch that I missed? I there miss is. There is. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that you can find on the YouTube. The only thing I caught was when they're running down the battlefield and like, mm-hmm. And it keeps on switching. He has a battle axe. He has a sword. He doesn't have a he doesn't have a weapon. It's just like back and forth. <laughs> Still a great film, but after it, it, you it see it so many times, yeah, that's <laughs> right. like, So back to back to the real subject at hand. It makes me wonder if the story of King Arthur was told before Monty Python told it. Historically, Jason, can you explain this to us? <laughs> and, and it, it, I mean, that's a great point, because you look at the legend of, of Arthur and Lancelot and these people, and you wonder, did they live, and who were they, and, and all these legends that exist and that, that are written down and are recorded and that people are basing it off of, but a lot of it's getting written down after the fact, and how much credence do you give to it? Was there a lady in the lake that gave him a sword? I mean, is this a myth, or is it true? Or where did it was a, a witch that they swords. tried to Distributing drown. Swords. There, a witch that they, they threw in the water, and she, dr- and she drowned. And she gave him a sword. Oh, my jokes are bad. Sorry. Okay, so anyway, Gunnar. Your jokes are good, Gunnar. We no, all like no, you. Yeah, you're handsome bad. and you're nice and everybody likes you. And yeah, goat's yeah, weird, but... Yeah, that's what I like. My goat is awesome. Get out. Okay, 
so tried to slide it in there. Don't <laughs> so, so, so this is a culty podcast here. So we need to know what is the craziest deity culty thing going on in ancient Israel around in that about area. Probably sacrificing their kids. I would think that that gets pretty. Yeah. Is that Baal or um, Moloch? Moloch, right? Moloch. Okay. And then and it might be, all might get mentioned in there a little bit. And uh, it, and it's weird. The Lord would be called Baal as well. Baal is just Hebrew for Lord. Mm-hmm. And so it can refer to a God. It can refer to Jehovah. And, and even Baal worship gets kind of interesting. His history, Baal is the Lord of the sky, the sky God. Mm-hmm. And, and you have Yom, which is the sea God. And you have Mot, which is the God of death. But you look at Greek mythology, you have Zeus as the sky god, Poseidon as the sea god, and then Hades, which is the, the god of death. So th- yeah. These three always play a prominent role. But in the story of Baal, he dies, and he has to go into to the underworld, and then he has to overcome Mot, and he has to overcome Yom, and then he becomes the king of the gods, because he's the god that went through death and was resurrected and came back. And so this Baal worship and practice is not very dissimilar from how Christians view Jehovah in the Old Testament. So you look at the Jews in the ancient time and how they would get confused and start worshiping Baal. You look at it and say, well, from a Christian perspective, it almost seems like it's the same God, just a different different culture or different rules defining how they worship them. And <clears throat> think of this too, also, like look at the, look at the Hebrew story too of of child sacrifice. You have Abraham's father that that, that is sacrificed mm-hmm. him. Then God commands Abraham to sacrifice his son. And then ultimately, God does send his son down to be sacrificed. You know what I mean? So it's like, we. I think even with the child sacrifice thing, it's interesting because you look back at this stuff and it's easy for us to go, oh man, like we're not touching that. You know what I mean? Like that's mm-hmm. so far out of the mainstream Wait a thing. second. You don't have my son. <laughs> <laughs> Send him down. Um, but I mean, in the room that we're in, I feel like we could do that and kind of get away with it strangely enough. Um, but, but it is interesting too, because we, we look at that practice and you go, this is, and rightly so, right? This is the most like abhorrent thing that you could possibly think of. But then it's funny that you, and this is what I, I think I love even about like the study of cults and the learning of this stuff is then you have to go, okay, well, let me check myself though, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we can talk about cults all the time of the week. And then it's like, well, what religion do you subscribe to? And you're like, okay, fair, you know what I mean? Fair mm-hmm. enough. Like that's that. And so even the, even the child sacrifice, you go, well, is that just the, is that just the weird ones doing it? Or is that kind of every, you know what I mean? Is, is, are there threads or hints of that even in the the religion being presented as the correct one, you know, or being presented as the the righteous one, and you go, okay, well, it's a good chance to even, I you know, just check check your own, you know. It must have been similar enough, you know, when the when the Israelites were wandering in the desert, and then they started building the sculpture of the, the ox calf. or yeah, what, the calf, calf and and, uh, and everything, and they were worshiping Baal. Then wasn't that a ball kind of? It, 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 oddly it enough, Egyptian it was um, the calf was Jehovah. Oh, and it, the bowl was a sign of it was his sacred animal, if you will, for Jehovah. Yeah, that's Zeus's sacred animal too. Exactly. So there's a lot of connection between the sky god, whether it's Zeus or whether it's Baal or even whether it's Thor, for mm. that matter, and and Jehovah. Well, that would be goats, I'm sure. <laughs> With <laughs> Thor, he did have sky yeah, goats. Yeah. <laughs> But but there is a lot of connection with that with the sky god and and in the Old Testament you read a lot about Jehovah, 
as a, a sky deity, even in some of the hymns that you sing, you read about him coming in the clouds and, and the thunder of his mm-hmm. voice, and, and it's very much similar to, to these, these sky deities. Hmm. And which, which to the, again, to the previous point, then makes you have to then go, okay, cool. So they're, they're building this golden calf to worship, and we all know that that's bad, right? But then you look at what the, the, uh, a baptismal font you know, in like a temple is, you know, it's like, what is that bowl? What is the bowl symbolize? And so, and, and, and the thing is what's, what's I love about the old Testament is that you really do get the chance to kind of go, okay, well, where, what am I just thinking? Oh, this is bad. And it's like, well, no, no, no. Maybe by itself, it's not actually bad. It's like, you know, the calf worship or whatever. It's like, okay, well, but the, you know what I mean? Like the Hebrew people still do. It's like, there's still so many other threads and then you have to go, well, then what's the deeper lesson being taught here, right? Like why were the children of Israel, you know, punished so badly for making a golden calf, which by the way, is what is underneath a baptismal font in my religion. And they're right? golden. And they're golden. But this, you see what I mean, though? Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying, though? Yeah. Is then, and, then, and so and then it, you go, it's a good chance to then say, well, what is the deeper lesson that's actually being taught here instead of, well, just don't worship golden calves? It's like, oh, it's not that easy. There's a reason why they did that. And you look at the phrase you've heard, I'm sure, before in the Old Testament, the God of Jacob. Mm-hmm. And in Hebrew, it's not Elohim Yaakov. It's it's um, Akir. It's the the word can be translated as bull, the bull of Jacob, and yet we translate it as God of Jacob. Mm-hmm. So it, it's got this this interesting connection with Jehovah and the bull uh, throughout the the ancient world. Astronomy, I think, is uh, the constellation of Centaurus, right? And Toro, you, you know, Toros means bull, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and cent means uh, Kent, it, it means pierced, the bull that's pierced. And so you're looking at it half bull, half man, because that's what a centaur is, right? And oddly enough, the, the bull part raises... Minotaur. Minotaur. But it's centaur, it's centaurus. And um, you, you, you would think that it would be, because it is half horse, half man, yeah, right? Uh, yeah. But centaur, it comes from tauros, comes from bull. Uh-huh. The reason why it changes is because the Greeks associated uh, centaurs with their neighbors that were raiding them on horses. So then they, they perverted it, changed it to half horse, half man. Oh. oh. But originally, it's it was a half bull. Half bull, half man. Interesting. And bull would be God. But that's the thing. Exactly. And, and then now take that. So you've got the half God, half man that's pierced, right? right? And, and in, the, in the constellation in the northern hemisphere, the head of the bull is rising in the spring. But then it's rising, it's it's falling in the fall. You've got this resurrection and death that happens every year with this constellation of, of half bull, half man, which is an interesting symbol for Christianity. Mm-hmm. Guys, I was supposed to come out of this with, like, less questions. <laughs> <laughs> now I have questions. Listen to the questions podcast. This is what you get every week. This and Amy like, Grant. Okay, well, now what about this? <laughs> Let's put on some Amy Grant right now. <laughs> El Shaddai, El Elyonah Adonai Age to age you're still the same By the power of the name El Shaddai And guys, is, are, are we ready for the good, the bad, and the culty? Or are we With not there what? yet? I, uh, we've gone all over the you place. You can ask us anything you want. No, no, we can do I, I, I do want to throw this disclaimer out, like... This is why I do love doing this podcast with Jason, for whatever it's worth, is because I love, I've always loved the, I, like I'm a big Ernest Hemingway fan, right? It's like, I tried reading Moby Dick like five times, and I'm like, Herman, 
you did it. You, you used the language beautifully, but I just want to kill some freaking whales. You know, like, <laughs> like let's just get out on the boat, boys. Um, but what I loved about Ernest Hemingway, right, is that it's just like, think deeper, think deeper, associate this deeper, associate this deeper. And for whatever it's worth, it's like, I love the idea of going through ancient texts that have been here for however long, certainly my entire life. And then being able to, to kind of go through and be like, how does this relate to astrology? How does this relate to other religions? How does this relate to, like, what is so much of this common theme? And then going, how can that make me part of the nice cult, right? Like, how can that make me a better, <laughs> a better person? person? It, does this inspire somebody to want to be... Maybe some of these cults aren't as strange as I thought. or that's, maybe, Yeah, you know. and, and that's the thing, too, is like, we joked on the way over, because Jason says, what's a cult? I'm like, everything. I'm like, everything is on some level, yeah. right? It's like, yeah. you have people you know, politically that are just like carrying a flag and you're like, okay, you know, or you have people, not the flag, you know, I'm down, but I'm just saying like, you have a lot of groups that are just so hyper focused on something that it's like, it, it's, it's almost like creepy in the kind of traditional culty sort of way. But then kind of to your point, Thor, then they go, okay, well that word doesn't scare me anymore just because yeah. truly we're all kind of in one way or another. We, we all associate with something, right? So, anyways, I just feel bad. I feel like I pulled out the holy hand grenade on this episode. If there's one thing I've learned, here's my testimony. If there's one thing I've learned about cults. It's not bad to be in a cult necessarily. My buddy Carl one time said he's like, people accused me. You know, of being like indoctrinated as a child, it's like every child is indoctrinated. Yeah. You yeah. might as well indoctrinate them with something that hopefully wants to inspire them to be a better neighbor, <laughs> you know, or like to be mm -hmm. a better person in their community, right? And then you go, oh, okay, so even that doesn't even, even that like indoctrination of whatever, I'm just like, yeah, we've all been, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like we've all, and the nice part about growing up and being adults is, is that you get the chance to then be an adult and go, mm -hmm. okay, let me kind of sift through this a little bit and, and you know, kind of, find out so that I can indoctrinate my next generation, you know, with hopefully the good stuff and, and whatever. I went on a, a double date with a friend. While we were out, we, we went to some breathing exercise. It was super fun or whatever. And someone got up. He's like, he was feeling all emotional. He's like, yeah, I work in the prison and, um, and I'm, you know, I, I'm LDS and I'm where, but I believe in Christ on my shoulder. And everyone, all the guards in there, not the inmates, all the guards were just sitting there ripping me down saying, you know, how can you believe in this? It's so stupid, you know, and all of that. And the, the friend that I went on the, the date with, he's like, you know, I just want you to know, like, I don't believe in Christ, but he's one of my biggest heroes. And I think that that's, you know, really stupid that they're attacking you because, just because you believe in him and not for what he, re you know, what he represents is something awesome. So. And you have to look at cults that way too. Like, if it's not really like, why would I be mad at someone for believing in Christ? Like that's hoping for something that's better. But uh, if you're gonna put that, if you're gonna paint on with that brush, we could say the same thing about aliens. Don't you talk to me about, yeah. No, I can <laughs> still because you're so. Okay, I take it back, guys. I take it back okay, what I said, because I start, no. I'm scared of aliens, like actual deep. Intense fear, so I'm scared of people. It's the probing. Talk about aliens. Okay, the probing. <laughs> you got to warm up to that. Okay, I do need to throw this in there though, because now that you brought up aliens, we're in Idaho, up at lava, lava. For yeah. those of us that are literate, 
um, <laughs> were at lava, and I go out to go to the bathroom at 11 o'clock at night or 10 o'clock at night, and in the sky, I see 30 lights in a line in a row, like Santa's sleigh, just going... And I'm just going like, not tonight, Satan. Not tonight, right? And I'm going, Heather, Heather. I'm just yelling at her. And she's like, what? She comes out. And I'm like, and she's like, she's getting out her phone or whatever. And so this just rocks my world, right? Come to find out, dude, it's just Elon Musk. Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh man. And she Starlink. gets the thing. Yeah. And she gets the thing. And she's like, oh, this is just Starlink. And I'm just like. That was one of the Wonder roughest how many nights people. of my life. Because <laughs> we get no reception up there, right? And so I'm thinking, like, and I'm just waiting for, like, the black helicopters to be, like, chasing it. I mean, I stood out there for an hour just waiting for the end of the world. And, uh, and then when I found out it was just Skylink, I was like... The good, the bad, and the culty. And now we discuss what this week's cult did right and where they went wrong. So is there, because every episode we cover something good, then bad, and then something we bring on to our own cult. Okay. So is there a cult in the Bible that had a really strange, has really strange beliefs? That we could that we could appropriate. What are you talking about? Culturally, we could, you're we just not strange. Yeah, we, we want a culturally a no. culturally appropriate uh, a belief or an idea or some something. Okay, for, okay, I got you. So okay. the Akitu festival from Babylonians, the uh, that's a New Year's festival, and you know I said that that the heavens were like waters that they'd have to cross through, mm-hmm. and then they'd have tie up posts on the top of the, the temple yeah. for their boats, right? So the gods would sit in the temple in a miniature boat, which is why in the in the temple in the Jewish I mean it sounds funny right? But no, look, no, I'm but, liking this. But in the Jewish temple, it is an ark of the covenant. It is a yeah. boat as well. All right. Right. So in the in the Babylonian, they would take the miniature god from the boat and they would put him in a larger boat and then they would parade him through the city in a boat around so that everybody can see the statue. So they just kind of move them around on a boat and then take them back into the temple. Okay, but they, it does make you think too, though. They did the same thing in Greek. Uh, yeah, yeah. They with the, the sky being, around. but the sky being water is like a spaceship, uh-huh. and, and you have mm-hmm. the ark and stuff like that. Is it, there is a lot, a lot of clarity added to those things mm-hmm. when you how, consider how, that. How can we yeah. work that into our cult, guys? We, don't, don't you have like the, your your image or something? You As we need to this. We need to talk about the good, the bad first. Okay. Before okay. we right. just take something You're, putting, you're okay. putting the God boat before the <laughs> All right. Sorry, spaceship starling. Yeah, we're, all we're right. trying oh to pull in something, and I have to take it all out. No, no, no. You better I, not edit this. I think, I think the good part <laughs> of this... I'm not editing anything out. Oh, oh, all right, good, so you're bad. Good. Good. Uh, well, I mean, I think what we got from this episode is that uh, it's time... It, we need to look at certain cults and other religious beliefs with with a different eye and not just like you know this this is Mrs. me and this is you and there's no there's nothing there's, there's no, no commonality inter- yeah there's no commonality there is commonality there are uh, there are Absolutely. different practices so I, I think that's really good and that's that inclusiveness uh, inclusivity is is a good thing in the world I think that uh, where you can look at things with without blinders and accept things. I think we should do more um, b- biblical parallels of Monty Python sketches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, the, the parrot one, you know. Oh my yeah. gosh. The parrot we'll one? be back for part two. We're going to go through the whole movie. Just... All right, okay. what's the bad? You tell us. I'd, I'd say on the bad, I don't know, I'm just going to float yeah, this please. out there. You tell me. When, when, when you talked about sacrificing a child, yet Abraham's offered or asked to sacrifice his child. But then you have the Jews that are sacrificing kids to, to a god. I wonder if the bad on this case is when you're willing to put somebody else in harm's way or sacrifice them for your own salvation. And, and in a sense, I guess we do believe that to, to some degree in Christianity, but when instead of it's your God that's being harmed, it's innocent lives around you maybe, or, or even looking at the, the Holy Grail and the idea of vampires like trying to drain someone else's life or, or drink blood or, or at the expense of someone else trying to save themselves. Yeah. Where Christ is doing the opposite, trying to shed his life to save others or trying to serve and, and put himself in that. And maybe, maybe there's some commonality in different beliefs, but sometimes those threads get taken to the extreme where, where they're willing to save themselves at the harm of everyone else around them. Sounds good. I like it. Yeah, that's that's a bad thing, Lauren. I know. I I, I can't He's agreeing. That's He's a, agreeing. I'm yes. agreeing. Oh God. We need more of this harm, guys. Building a cult, and now we take from what we learned this week and build our own cult, one belief at a time. Culting. Yeah. So how are we going to do this? So he was mentioning the ark. Mm-hmm. I like that. Well, when we have we've been in two Provo parades. Our cult has. We actually go before the parade and hand out so water. They don't have to be. We're not doing water this time. But we got we got less than a block last time, and we had like four hundred waters or more, or five hundred or something. I don't know. Water's a good image, man. It's no, a, and uh, t- it, I thought you guys decided you were doing Kool Aid this we time. Doing, we, did, we, did, we did. We did Kool Aid. We did Kool Aid <laughs> yeah. with water. Kool Aid with water. Kool Aid <laughs> packets with water, but they were gone. Like before almost before we even got onto the street because everyone's like all the kids are coming in it was a madhouse kids were crazy they're grabbing like five or six each running back to their families you're like pushing them off yeah so (laughs) we decided maybe to do something else we're gonna do suckers or something (laughs) but we're gonna put them in an ark that's even better (laughs) so i'll make the cart into an ark Okay, that's actually that, dope. Yeah, dude, two of good. you need to be over the top of that's it like this. One of you needs to be the dude from uh, uh, that opens the arc from Indiana Jones, <laughs> and melt, it's the, the bad melty face we'll have, mannequin. Okay. We'll have like the uh, we'll have light shining out of it, like this like, yes. LED light. And, and the dude with the hat just like yeah. right before his face and melts. We'll, like and then yeah, we'll you actually take a mannequin and you do the face melty skin. This won't scare anybody. Or every five this minutes. is going to be great. Every five minutes, someone reaches out to steady it and falls over. And That's it. You use some like, real old testament stuff. And then they, they reach out and then they. Ugh. Oh, man. This I is think that's, that's what we have to I do. Think this is good. It. We okay. have to do okay. it. Okay. Yeah. So, right. Right. Dude, this is that's great. Dude, when you do this, by the way, we're coming. We're, yeah. we're all right. all Next this. 4th of July, for sure. Right. Okay. I don't know if this is that would be totally on brand with our podcast, but it actually might be, which is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Thought. We've got our cold. Listen to the weekly deep dive. Yeah. Weeklydeepdive.com yeah. and whatever. I have to admit, you guys have fascinated me. I am going to have to listen to you. Without a doubt. I was, we, I, we try. I, we try I hard. I was uh, thoroughly impressed with how, how in depth you went with Esther. It's, it was nice to see how 
you put like it in perspective on what was happening. So and we got Xerxes, Xerxes in there too. We got Xerxes we got, in there. We got, we got the I know three hundred in there. Awesome. When well, Xerxes what? came in, you're like, I wonder, is this the same? Xerxes? Yeah, and we looked it up. We made sure we did our own fact checking because right. then it's like for me, I always love being able to, as dumb as it sounds, just put faces to some of these characters, yeah. right? And then when I could put all the dudes from three hundred, I'm like, oh, totally. this is even better. Man. And you I'm get like, that yeah. volatility, and it makes mm -hmm. Esther all the more yes. Yeah. The, what was the it was it wow cut that out <laughs> don't cut it out <laughs> whenever he says cut it out I tend to keep it in yes <laughs> that's what Nate does to me all the time we use it's usually at the end of the episode he's like please go and cut that out I'm like print it's late. we're going home bro um what were you saying? I'm uh, no, I, I I forgot that. It, what emperor empire was that? The the Persian, Persian, Persian. the Persian, mm -hmm. the Persians. Uh, yeah, the they uh, the 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 Jews actually really liked the Persians, yes. and they they were members of the army. That army that went in over to uh, going to Greece. Yeah, they had Israelites in there. Hmm. Yeah, I had the Jews. In there. Awesome. They were the ones that were the black masked guys in the. Movie. Oh, like the know. super soldiers. <laughs> yeah, those those were the Jews. <laughs> Let's just tell ourselves that. I don't know why when I say the Jews, I sound like I'm being like very. Like, Is that racist? Yeah, just, racist. Just yeah, remember, <laughs> Gunner, you tell yourself, I have some Jewish blood in Dude, me. me too. Uh, uh -huh. I have Jewish blood in me. It's okay. I can say whatever I want. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I, do. I don't know if those are the rules, but let's get a plunge. I, th I think it makes it better. <laughs> People look better at it yeah. when, when you're getting I'm one one hundredth black, so I can say whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's cut this part out. For sure. This, yeah, is, that's a this is where Sorry. I'm in the podcast beeping things Sorry, out. Guys. We hope you had fun with us as we explored this week's cult. Join our adventure next week as we continue to build our cult one belief at a time. Until then, if you're going to join a cult, join the nice cult. Stop.